This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to exciting. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with David Drogemeyer and my other co-host, John Kegley. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, David, well, a lot to get into. It's one of my favorite shows of the week because it's the Friday show, which means we're going to be getting into some fan voicemails, and we have some really good voicemails this week. So some new callers that I'm excited for you guys to hear, and they have some good questions for us. And we're also going to get into our game and bowl predictions to end the show today, but we're going to start with the news of the Chargers Thursday injury report, the biggest injury report of the week to indicate who is going to play on Sunday. And there were some big names on the list this week, so we have to start there. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into it. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer. The Chargers Thursday injury report is now out, so we have a better indication of who is going to play this weekend. There's some good news for the Chargers offensively and defensively, but let's start with the offense, David, where the Chargers got some great news. When both starting left tackle Russell Okung and star wide receiver Keenan Allen were both able to fully participate on Thursday after being limited earlier in the week. And some bad news for the Chargers offense is that Jeremy Davis, who was a limited participant in practice, was not able to go in Thursday's practice. David, obviously for the Chargers, the two biggest guys you had on this whole entire injury report were Keenan Allen and Russell Okung. So that is definitely great to see them both fully practicing. We weren't totally worried about it, but just to see them fully go is great news that they'll be full speed this weekend. And then with Jeremy Davis, he's obviously a key special teamer, and he's been on the field as well for some snaps at receiver. The Chargers need to have somebody step up in that third receiver role after Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But the news is Keenan Allen and Russell Okung fully back at practice. Yes, it's great news that Keenan Allen's back as a full participant, especially after not practicing at all pretty much last week. It was a game-time decision, decided to go out there, was productive, thankfully. And then this week, a limited participant going to a full participant, which is great news. That means he's actually getting healthy and feeling good. We don't have to worry about him come Sunday. And then Russell Okung with the calf injury. You know, he said, and all the coaches said, it was just a minor thing, was not going to be anything serious. That appears to ring true as he was a full participant this week. It was really great to have Russell Okung back anchoring that, that blind side for Phillip Rivers. The pass protection was much better, and you can't discount the fact that Russell Okung definitely aided with that uptick in pass protection. So a couple of guys you really want to see out there on the field on Sunday, and looks like they are primed to be there. Yeah, exactly. Those are the two biggest guys on the list for the Chargers this week, and it looks like they're both going to go. Jeremy Davis is more known for his special teams work anyway, so I don't know if that has a huge impact on the Chargers offense. But flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, the Chargers got some good news when Justin Jones was able to 
practice in a limited capacity this week after really not practicing at all while missing the last two games. So that's some good news for the Chargers defensive interior, which is very thin. But Damian Squares played very well lately. So if the injuries to Brandon Meebane and Justin Jones showed us anything, it's that Damian Square has maybe a little bit more than we thought. Speaking of Brandon Meebane, he has still been fully sidelined this week by his injury that has cost him the last two games. It does not look like he's going to play this weekend. And the Chargers are at a tricky spot at safety as well, David, because Roderick Teamer was downgraded from a limited participant in Wednesday's practice down to no participation in Thursday's practice. He is the starting strong safety for the Chargers right now at a relatively thin position group. Now Jalen Watkins moves into the starting role. We've seen him mostly on special teams over the last few weeks. Now he's the starter, but the Chargers don't really have a backup for him. They have said before that Desmond King can play some safety, but the Chargers are extremely thin right now at the safety position, basically too deep with Rayshon Jenkins and Jalen Watkins as the only true safeties on the roster right now. So, David, even though the Chargers got some good news offensively, this could be a tricky week for the Chargers defense, especially at thin position groups. Yeah, I mean, it's next man up, right? I mean, that's just what they always tell us, especially, you know, with all the injuries that the Chargers have dealt with this year. But getting Justin Jones back, hopefully, in this one's going to help uh, that run defense. He has really just gotten slaughtered the last couple of games. So hopefully he can come back and, and anchor the middle of that defensive line. Although I will mention that Sylvester Williams did play fairly well in the middle of that defensive line. You can never have enough bodies, and the Chargers are especially thin there. But, yeah, at safety, you, you got to think that Jalen Watkins is going to be on the field more. They might switch Des King to safety, but, you know, we haven't seen that out there on the field at all, so we'll see it, how it goes. But that's why they promoted Tavon Campbell, because they needed to switch some pieces around. They're going to have to make it work. But if somebody gets hurt, you might see some guys on the football field that you don't want to be there. Yes, you might see some guys on the football field that you don't want to see there because third-string quarterback Easton Stick has actually been practicing some safety. Yes, that's right. We saw Anthony Lanier practicing some offensive line even though he was a defensive end. And now we've seen Easton Stick working with the safeties in some of the practices. So... The Chargers are extremely thin at that position, to say the least, and an injury to that position would be worst-case scenario, but you're right. Sylvester Williams, in his first week, in very limited action, I thought, played well, and he is just a big body that you need in that middle to kind of solidify things, and that Chargers run defense was a lot better last week from most of the game outside of the 55-yard rush, but the Chargers get Keenan Allen and Russell Okung back. That's the biggest news. Maybe you get Justin Jones to get some even more help on that defensive interior, because this week is an all-hands-on-deck occasion against the Packers, who are 7-1 and and have been one of the best teams in the NFL this year. So the Chargers get some better news this week on the injury front, and hopefully these guys can play and be fully ready for one of the biggest games of the Chargers season. But we do have two more segments to get into. We have to get into our great fan voicemail calls in the next segment before wrapping it up and telling you guys what we think is going to happen in Sunday's game against the Packers. But first, I need to tell you guys that if you guys have a good feeling on this game, the Chargers are plus three and a half right now with my bookie. If you guys want to go put some money on it, mybookie.ag is the place to go. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. But hey, guys, if you want to do it, go for it. As a true football fan, you know, As the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game every weekend. Our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get into the game with my bookie. 
If you guys are tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, my bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. And the best part is they're going to give you some free money to play with them and bet with them. If you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand bucks, they will give you an extra thousand dollars. That's double your initial deposits that you can put on all of your favorite picks. All you have to do is use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on all caps. One word to double your cash at mybookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. And I also need to tell you guys about our favorite car dealership over here at Locked On Chargers. That's why I'm talking about Metro Infinity. They've been in business for over 25 years and you can find them right off the 210 in Monrovia. And they are the number one volume dealer in California. They're big fans of the show and we are big fans of Metro Infinity. And one of my favorite parts about them is that if you don't like going into the car dealership and spending hours there, it's no problem at all. They will bring the car and the paperwork to your house or office and they can complete the whole transaction there. They take pride in not being your typical car dealer where it takes hours to buy a car. They don't play games and they want their customers to have a luxury car buying experience. If you're thinking about a new Infinity or even in the market for any new car, please give them a chance to earn your business. Believe me, you won't regret it. They also have over 50 certified pre-owned Infinities as well. And right now you can save even more money if you tell them that Locked On Charger sent you over there. You can reach them at 626-599-7510 or at MetroInfinity.com. And right now you can lease a brand new Infinity Q50 3.0 Luxury Loaded with navigation with only $1,000 down. You can save 500 bucks off of that if you tell them that Locked On Charger sent you over there. All right, guys, time to get into the next segment, getting into what we've been doing over the last few weeks. And we've loved how much you guys have appreciated this platform. And of course, we are doing the Locked On Chargers voicemails that you guys have sent in. We have three to get to today. If you guys want to get on Monday's show or the next Friday show, make sure to call 323-524-7924. Get your voice on the Locked On Chargers podcast. Let's go ahead and start here today with Matt from Huntington Beach who, like John, went to the Seahawks and the Bears games last season and this season. So he he agreed with John on those stadium atmospheres. And he has a question for us veteran Chargers followers that we might be able to answer for him, but maybe not. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt uh, calling from Huntington Beach. Uh, I just want to say that, like John, um, I actually had the the pleasure of attending the Seattle game last year and the Chicago game this year. Um, we went, I went out there with my girlfriend this uh, past weekend, and I got to say, everything that he said was spot on. The atmosphere was awesome. The the fans are really cool. We love the experience being out there. Uh, my question for you guys is this. Uh, those are the only two NFL games my girlfriend's ever been to, and she is ready to either kill me or die of anxiety from going to both of these games that ended up at the last second. So uh, my question for you guys, can you please give her some advice so she uh, does not kill me and will allow me to continue being a Chargers fan? Uh, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, love listening to the show. I'll talk to you later. All right. Well, yes. I mean, those two places are two of the better atmospheres in the NFL. I mean, two really loyal fan bases. One is the 12 in Seattle, which, I mean, has a name. So, you know, that's pretty good. And then those fans at Soldier Field, just from everything that I've heard and everything that John's told us, were really good experiences. So, I know that all three of us have had our significant others at some point <laughs> get angry at us for how much we are getting angry about the chargers um i think all three of us can attest to that but john obviously you went to both of these games you saw those atmospheres so you know the crazy games that his girlfriend had to watch with him obviously one of them turns into a win in seattle even though it was 
just down to the last minute and no one felt easy about it. And then the Chicago game where you still pull that one out, but you think you're going to lose. So you actually went to two of the better non-heartbreaking games as far as being a Charger fan goes. But John, I don't know if I can tell his girlfriend that it's going to get any easier. I mean, this is the life of a Chargers fan. It, It might be very tough in that household going forward. It is going to be very hard. (laughs) my fiance is always saying oh god i hope the chargers win this week i really don't feel like dealing with you and (laughs) i can't blame her for that but the best thing to do is if if she herself is not a fan and is just there because she's gonna be there with you wherever you go then she's gonna have to be ready just tell her to be ready and have a backup plan if they lose know what to do know where to go, know what friends to talk to. <laughs> Sierra's thing is to go to her friend's house. She'll literally look at the score. If she gets off, if she happens to work the day, she will look at the score and she'll go, oh, they lost. I'm going to my friend's house. That's probably uh, where it's safest. David, I'm sure you have some stories like that too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, me like you guys, I'm, I'm pretty awful uh, to be around after the Chargers lose. I usually need an hour or two to, to calm down and, and really face anybody. But my honestly, my advice is just to be ready mentally. Prepare yeah. yourself for the fact that it's going to be a close game, and there is definitely a possibility that the Chargers could Chargers themselves out of a win. So the biggest, uh, or of course, you know, find alcohol that you like. Although yeah. we, we're not going to endorse drinking on the show, but <laughs> it or might at least help. not a specific brand unless we get some sort of sponsorship deal. Exactly, but, Jack you know, Daniels. This is on you. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like i said just the, the b- best piece of advice is just to be mentally prepared beforehand that with the chargers heartbreaking losses are going to be part of the future it is i mean yes you can prepare yourself all you want and i'd like to tell you that knowing it's going to happen makes it easier yet somehow it doesn't <laughs> that's just the the reality of being a chargers fan so i wouldn't just forcefully bring her into being a charger fan i think it has to come naturally because i wouldn't want to force that on anybody But let's get into the next caller. This time we're going to Luis, who, like a lot of fans, was hoping the Chargers would lose the rest of their games this season. Let's hear his reasoning. So, guys, this is Luis. Um, I'll get straight to the point, and I'll be very honest with everyone. I kind of hope to lose out the rest of the season. Um, The the reason why I say that is uh, obviously it gives us a higher draft pick, and it raises our chances to kind of start fresh with a new coaching staff and maybe potentially a new GM. Uh, last thing I want is an 8-8 season. We missed the playoffs, and we're stuck with the you know, 15th, 16th pick in the draft. So I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts. And once again, love the podcast, and go Chargers. All right, so the Chargers aren't openly tanking this season. They've tried to win these games. I mean, they've also, if you watch the games, think they've tried to lose these games on purpose because that's how it looks sometimes because it is just so awful. I mean, they tried to lose last week, and the other team missed a 41-yard field goal. But – I understand that. I mean, my thinking this whole time, and I've said it on the show, David, is that the Chargers will find a way to get to eight and eight, to get to nine and seven, get to seven and nine, barely miss out on the playoffs. We've seen it a number of seasons, but I don't know if I'm openly trying to tank. I think that would be kind of a slap in Philip Rivers' face in the twilight of his career, him trying to do that. I think this team probably should have showed a vote of confidence in him by at least bringing in somebody to try to help this team. I think the urgency of firing a coordinator midseason shows some of that. But at the same time, I don't want the Chargers to tank the rest of the season. I think they owe it to Phillip Rivers to at least try to make a run. 
they absolutely owe it to Philip Rivers to try to make a run. I mean, he's given his blood, sweat, and tears to this organization for better part of, you know, almost two decades. And so they have to go out there and continue to play. And also he made a point about, you know, not wanting a 14th or 15th pick. Uh, need I remind you that Derwin James, yeah, that, that all pro, yeah, he was a 17th overall pick. So picking in that uh, area of the draft isn't necessarily a killer. You always got to see how the draft falls. You might get an, uh, an all pro superstar that falls to you at that point. But yeah, no, I'm definitely not endorsing uh, tanking right now. Also, just seems like the Chargers, you know, tend to stumble towards the beginning of the year. They get things right in, in the middle of the year and they really turn it in, turn it on towards the end. So I'm never a proponent of throwing in the towel early. You got to see how the chips fall. And uh, you got to play the games. I mean, that's why they go out there and play on Sunday, Monday, and Thursdays, because anybody can win against any opponent on any given day. Well, and this team doesn't have to let people win. I mean, that happens organically. You know, so the Chargers by no means are trying to lose games. I think that is the ultimate cancer in a locker room, just losing games and losing players and having them feel like they can't win games. I think you have a lot of young players on this team that need that confidence and need those wins to stack on top of each other to know that they can get by in this league and they can succeed in this league. There's so many young players offensively and defensively that have so much to learn. It sucks that Nazir Adderley doesn't get to take part of a season like this where he could really learn so much, but I understand, you know, if you're not going to have one of the last picks because you made a deep playoff run, you want to have one of the first picks and get the best pick possible. And you're not going to get Derwin James at 17 every year. But at the same time, you have to do your best to go out and win every game. And I know that sounds cliche, but this is football. These guys can't afford to do anything less than that. So we do have one more caller, Ramey here talking about what is the impact of new offensive coordinator Shane Steichen? I think it's a good question. Let's hear what Ramey has to say. Hey guys, this is Ramey. I've been a been a fan of the podcast. Uh, been a long time Chargers fan, and I uh, appreciate the work you guys do. Appreciate uh, the weekly podcast and giving us a place to vent, especially after after tough defeats. Um, with this game against Green Bay, I have just one question, and it's going to be the impact of having a new offensive coordinator. Me personally, uh I've seen Wizenut make some questionable calls in the past, especially this last week with the, the the pass call on the final drive to run the clock out. They throw it on first down and take a sack. I think this offense has been very limited by his play calling. I think that uh, the, the passing game is definitely capable of putting up 300 yards plus and two touchdowns a week, as long as uh, they can get Rivers some time. But, yeah, just uh, – uh, the question is just what do you think the impact will be of having a new offensive coordinator and go Bolts? Thank you. All right. So I think that's a great point. And we talked a little bit about Shane Steichen and, and how he's going to be as the offensive coordinator and what he has to do. I did hear his press conference on Thursday, and he did have some very interesting things to say. I mean, I liked what he had to say about the Chargers having too many three and outs. They need to find the rhythm. They need to find some run pass balance. And I also liked what he said about with the running game. Yes, it's going to be a lot of short yardage. You might continue to see that. But it only takes one play to pop. And last week it was Melvin Gordon getting the 19-yard run for a touchdown. And that's why you continue to keep running those plays. And I know John knows this because he said, you know, even if it doesn't work, keep doing it. It sets up the play action. It only takes one to get going. 
But I did also think it was interesting that he said that his main mentor was Norv Turner, who gave him his first chance in San Diego as a defensive coach way back when, when he first got into the league. And so I think that you're going to see some Norv Turner-ish things. I mean, Norv Turner is the offensive coordinator for Carolina, who's totally turned their season around under a backup quarterback. And Christian McCaffrey is having a LaDainian Tomlinson-like season, John. So I think if there was a coaching tree where you could try to get the most out of a guy like Austin Eckler, maybe, I think this is the right guy. And I think you're going to see the Chargers utilize those running backs a lot better in the running and passing game going forward and continuing to try to make the running game more formidable. Well, and let's also not forget that this is going to be probably a whole new game plan that is not on film. The Packers didn't get to practice this one. So you have that advantage coming this week against a team that you have almost never beaten in your history, which we'll get into the next segment. I'm not kidding. We've like almost never beaten them. So not having your old game plan is an advantage just in and of itself so far with this new offensive coordinator. But Norv Turner, most people are going to say, is horrible or whatever. He's not a good head coach. But when he's run offenses, he's looked really good. So if that is the guy that you learn from, I'm not mad at that, and I think that's a good guy to learn from. So I'm hoping we get to see a guy that uses the running backs more like Norv has been doing in Carolina. Norv tried to use the running backs when we had Ryan Matthews, and it didn't work out so well because Ryan Matthews always got hurt, but the plays were there. The holes were there. Matthew just always somehow got hurt on the first hit or he would fumble the ball. But if you use guys like Sproles or whatever, it looked really good. So I'm excited to see this new offensive coordinator, and I'm hoping he's aggressive. If he is aggressive, you already have a brand new offense that's going to work. Well, yeah, and then look at what he was able to do with multiple running backs, too. You know, he knows how to use more than one guy. He doesn't need one guy to be necessarily the bell cow running back. He can use multiple guys to find success, like we saw with guys like Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews. And Ryan Matthews, when he was on the field, was really good. He just could never get on it. I mean, that was the biggest problem. So I like that a lot. Norv Turner is one of the best play callers of all time, and that's what he said. And the other thing I liked is him saying that, you know, how much trust he has in Phillip Rivers and how Phillip Rivers makes something like this so much easier. I mean, he actually said that Phillip Rivers' football IQ has got to be up there with one of the best, if not the best, of all time. So that's nice knowing that there's not going to be a Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers situation. He fully trusts Phillip Rivers. He's been his quarterback coach, so I think the fit makes a lot of sense. But thank you guys for calling into the Locked On Chargers voicemails again. Once again, the number is 323-524-7924. And you can get on the next show on Monday. So call in, guys. Give us your thoughts. But we do have one more segment to get into, getting into John Kegley's all-time series notes and giving our bold and game predictions. Coming up right after this. It's time to get into one of my favorite segments of the week, and I know it's one of your guys' too, and it's John Kegley's all-time series notes. I especially like these ones because it's matchups that we don't see. You know, we get the Raiders, Broncos, and Chiefs twice a season, but with teams like this, you only play every four years. It's always good to see what this series has been like all-time, even though most of the time, John Kegley, it's depressing. Yeah, most of the time it is depressing, and that comes with Chargers history and being a Charger fan. This one is no different. All time, the Packers are 10 and 1 against the Chargers with that lone win wow. coming in 1984, 34 to 28. All the other games, there's some blowouts like 42 to 10, 34 to 0, 24 to 3, 38 21. There's been some thrillers though, like 2007 when the Chargers had a nice little battle. We were still struggling to win games in the beginning of the season, but we still lost 31-24 to Brett Favre. 
2011 when Philip Rivers threw those two pick sixes and we were already down big, but somehow down 21, we scored a touchdown, onside kick, scored another touchdown, and then had a chance to tie the game. But, of course, another interception. Figures, right? And then the last time we played them, 2015, Danny Woodhead and Brennan Oliver were catching passes left and right. We get all the way down to the one-yard line, fourth and goal from the one, and we could not tie the game, lose 27-20. to 20, So they've been close. Was that the they, game where Phillip threw for 500 yards? Yes, it was. Yes, that was the game. So these games have been close the last three meetings, but the Chargers just somehow can't beat the Packers. Well, and it sounds like a lot of what we've seen from the Chargers against pretty much any team, right? Oh, the Chargers come back, have a chance late, and then don't get it done. How many times have we seen that story, you know? So I love these kind of matchups. It's so nice to be able to see the Chargers play a team like the Packers and get to watch, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best of all time. Uh, I'm really excited for this game, not because I think the Chargers are going to win, but it is a game we don't get to see very often. So speaking of whether the Chargers are going to win or not, Let's go ahead and get into the predictions segment of the show and get first into our bold predictions. Let's start with the defense. David, where are you going defensively for the bold prediction this week? So I was going to go Joey Bosa, but that's bo- uh, boring. I mean, everybody can pick Joey. So I'm going to go with Uchenna Nwosu. I think Uchenna is going to have two and a half sacks in this game, and I think he is going to add a trademark forced fumble. He just has an unreal knack to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, and I think he's going to do it again in this one. Off the board with Uchenna and Wosu, I like that pick a lot, yes. I mean, the Chargers need a couple of breaks like that. If somebody is going to get in there and has shown an ability to force a turnover, whether it's a strip sack or, you know, forcing the interception by hitting the arm like you did against Ryan Tannehill, that's exactly what you need in this game. So I like that a lot. John, where are you going defensively? I'm going to pull a Daniel Wade. Okay. And go, not the Chargers defense doing good, but with the Chargers defense doing bad, Aaron Rodgers is career high for yards in a game. is 480. It back in 2013 against the Redskins. I'm going to say he beats that this week against the Chargers and goes for about 500. Well, uh, what did I say last week? That the I, I know I had a different bold prediction, but I also had said something like the Bears will get their first over 300 yards of right. offense of the season. Right. Yeah. You got it right. Yeah, it, was, it happened, and it was, and it wasn't really that close. It yeah. wasn't that <laughs> close either. Like third quarter. Yeah, third quarter. We, uh, I, I made that one come true. <sighs> so I hope that doesn't happen. Of course, but I, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't think it could happen. So I'm gonna go defensively this week. I think David, if you're going Joe Bosa, you can't be bold. You just gotta say like, hey, Joey Bosa is gonna have five sacks. So I'm gonna say that. Aaron Rodgers is going to turn the ball over three times this week and give the Chargers a chance in this game. They usually play close games. For that to happen this week, I think they're going to need to catch some break from the Packers' offense. So I'm going to say that the Chargers turn the ball over from Aaron Rodgers three times, two interceptions, one forced fumble. Maybe it's Uchen and Wosu. And I think that the Chargers' defense has a game that they can feel really good about at the end of the day, at least as far as taking the ball away. So let's go ahead and get into the offensive side of the ball. John, where are you going offensively this week for your ball prediction? So we mentioned earlier about how the running backs might get used more with this new offensive coordinator. I'm going to go Austin Eckler has 10 catches, about 180 yards, and two TDs. I love that. I think that's realistic. I mean, I don't think it's probable, but I think it's realistic. David, where are you going this week? 
So I was going to do the running backs as well, but mine's more of running back by committee. The Chargers have not uh, seen the three-headed monster at all this year where you got Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Justin Jackson a part of the same backfield. I think uh, that's going to bode well for them in this game, and they're going to eclipse 100 yards rushing for the first time in over a month. So I could go and say something like John did and be like that Phillip Rivers is going to get sacked six times this week because I think that could honestly happen if the Chargers get down big early. I'm not going to go that way. We talked about how bad the Packers have been against the tight ends. If you could say that, I think Hunter Henry is going to have another giant week this week. I'm going to say Hunter Henry goes eight catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. I think this is a good matchup for him. The outside receivers have a couple of tough matchups with the good corners over there in Green Bay. So I think Hunter Henry is going to have a game to remember against the Packers. So let's go and get into the game predictions John, I'm really interested to see how you're feeling about this game. How do you think it's going to go down? Well, before I give you my prediction, I'm just going to give a little stat here that I found on Aaron Rodgers, who is at home 65-17-1, and one, wins and losses and tie. But away, he is 42-41 and 41 for his career. So Rodgers should have a better chance this week, and I said should. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think we get destroyed this week. I'm going to go Packers 42 and the Chargers 17. How are you going to lay a good stat on my lap like that and then just slap me in the face with it? That's just really give rough. You guys but... some hope. Give you guys some hope for your predictions. But based on game film, which is what I go off of, I don't think we have a chance in this game. If this game's even close and we still lose, I will still be shocked. Yeah, if there was a game where I thought that the Chargers wouldn't keep to a one-score game, and so far this season, the only game that hasn't been a one-score game was the game against the Dolphins, which you won. So every other game has been a one-score game. If there was another game I didn't think would be, it would be this one. I think there is a legitimate chance the Chargers get beat by 10+. plus. But, hey, Las Vegas doesn't agree with me. I mean, the line right now on the Chargers is the Packers minus 3.5. So football power index gives the Packers a 57% chance to win, which gives the Chargers a 43% chance to win. So there are some people that think this game is going to be close. I don't think that the Chargers can pull it out. I mean, I think that there's a possibility they have a chance in this game, but I also think there's a possibility it could end up being 35 to 17. So we'll see how the new offense looks. We'll see how this defense gets tested against. I mean, the biggest test they've had so far this season, and we'll see how the Chargers look on Sunday. But I don't think that the Chargers get it done this week. I think the final score is going to be Packers 31, Chargers 20. David, you already gave a prediction on this game earlier this week on the crossover episode. Tell us your thoughts about how you think this game is going to go. Well, I mean, the Chargers only play, you know, close games. It just seems like that's how things work. I mean, that goes along with the heartbreak that we talked about earlier in the show. But I think it's going to be another close game. That's just how they play football. I mean, their defense, like, you know, they, they don't give a, give up a lot of points. So they, they keep their their team in the game. And I think it's going to be similar. Uh, although I'm, I'm along with you guys. I don't feel great about this game. The Chargers would have to play a flawless football game in order to win. And unfortunately, they haven't shown any ability to do that so uh, it's going to be Chargers 20 and the Packers 28. I do think it's going to be close, but I don't think they're going to pull it out. Yeah, and the Chargers really only good defensive game where they played a very strong game. The whole game was the Lions game. I mean, they, they got a couple of lucky breaks and they gave up the game winning touchdown, but giving up 13 points. If you lose 13 to 10, that's not on you. They have elevated pretty much every other offense that they've gone up against. 
So that's what scares me in this game. I mean, just what this Packers offense, with or without Devontae Adams, who has been a full participant in practice today from what the reports have said. So he might come back this week, which is even more bad news. I just don't know how they're going to keep up. I kind of agree with Peter Bukowski on that point. Until next week, guys, hopefully we can come back and be here for you on a hugely surprising victory Monday. I will tell you one thing. If the Chargers win this weekend, that is going to be a very sweet show that we record on Sunday night, David. Oh, yeah, man. I hope I, I truly hope, like all Charger fans, that we get to talk about a victory. But I am I do have to be realistic. Yeah, you have to be realistic. And but the one thing I will say is in games like this, the Chargers seem to always play better when nobody thinks they're going to win. So you saw it a couple years ago with the Super Bowl Falcons team. The Chargers beat them 33-30 in overtime. And again, that was pretty improbable. But the Chargers play to the level of whatever team they're playing against. So in this week, hopefully it raises their level of play. But like I said, that's going to wrap things up. Until next week, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, as well as subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever you get your podcast from, Google Podcasts, Tune in or wherever you can find the podcast there. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show for Monday, however this game plays out, make sure to call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924 to get your guys' voices on the show and to vent if necessary. But we'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.